I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Scientific breakthroughs, innovations in technology, and the changing use of data are among the forces that are driving disruptive changes to healthcare. A new report from the IMS Institute for Healthcare Informatics highlights a number of these developments and what they mean for the way healthcare is accessed and delivered. We spoke to Murray Aitken, Executive Director of the IMS Institute for Healthcare Informatics, about the report, how these developments are reshaping the healthcare landscape and how they are altering the role drugs will play in advancing health. Murray, thanks for joining us. Thanks. Good to be here. Last month, the IMS Institute for Healthcare Informatics issued a a report that highlighted a number of developments that are signaling big changes to the healthcare landscape. This ranges from technological innovations to the way information is being captured and used. We're going to drill down into some of these, but I found the report rather optimistic about the the changes these forces are driving. In broad terms, can you begin by just telling us how you see healthcare transforming? What are we changing from and, and what are we changing to? Sure. So what we're picking up on is really the combination of changes that we see happening around um, science and and technology, the availability of information and and the ability to access and use it. And we're also picking up on a greater engagement by uh, patients directly um, in their own healthcare. We think that those three broad trends come together in a way that uh, we think is is positive for um, uh, bringing healthcare systems to a more rational place than they may have been. We also think it's positive for the role that medicines play uh, within uh, health systems, not just in the U.S., but uh, globally. Well, we seem to be at a turning point with digital health as smartphone makers have embraced the role there mobile technologies can play in in healthcare. What are the big players like Google, Apple, and Samsung doing in this area, and what does it mean to have them make a concerted push into healthcare? We think that their uh, announcement of their intentions and entry into healthcare in a big way is uh, is significant uh, to the extent that they bring not only uh, the companies themselves but the the entire ecosystems that surround these uh, these uh, juggernauts, um, and to the extent that they are putting their focus on healthcare, we think that uh, this will accelerate the development of a range of. Um, uh, applications uh, and and technologies and hardware that will bring customers uh, sorry will bring that will bring patients more uh, intimately involved in their own healthcare that will generate uh, streams of data that will be of uh, value uh, by healthcare professionals as well as uh, the patients themselves um, and that we think will also move the needle in terms of removing a lot of the inefficiencies we have in the healthcare system where we have a lot of uh, healthy patients uh, 
uh, visiting uh, doctors without necessarily needing to. And these kinds of uh, consumer-friendly uh, technologies can help um, avoid that. We see these companies uh, providing uh, new technologies that will uh, help in, uh, patients become more engaged in their healthcare, uh, generate more information of value to healthcare professionals, and bring efficiencies to the operation of uh, our healthcare system. Though digital health technology can can have an impact on personal behavior and, and helping people become more active or more compliant with their doctor's orders. The real payoff for this technology is, is to get the data from the individual to the provider who can monitor health and, and intervene when there are indications that problems are brewing. What's it going to take to get us to the point of integrating this data into patient records and, and what providers are doing and, and what will the payoff eventually be? Certainly the um, integration of, of data from disparate sources um, into the electronic health record or some other central repository is a is a key issue uh, for these technologies being um, uh, accepted by providers, and they're, they're very clear on that. I think we need to um, have the providers and the payers, for that matter, uh, put more pressure on the EHR uh, vendors to ensure that their systems are able to um, integrate information that's flowing from um, third parties and, and from these apps. Uh, so I think you know that's that's one area that that still needs um, uh, uh, more attention and more focus. I think in addition, the development of the sort of algorithms that lay on top of the um, information flow, the raw data flow, so that the information that ends up in the electronic health record or being brought to the attention of the healthcare professional is uh, useful information um, and not just all of the information. So I think those sorts of algorithms um, to define what uh, um, what what data signals um, indicate some level of intervention um, are important uh, to be more fully developed than they are today. But I think, again, this will be a focus um, as the data becomes more available. I think the payoff is going to be in terms of um, helping healthcare professionals um, manage their patients more efficiently, uh, reducing the need for um, uh, in-person uh, checkups and, and, uh, and testing. Um, and, I, and I think that can really move the needle in terms of uh, efficiency of the uh, healthcare system. Any, any cost estimates we could put on this in terms of savings? I haven't seen any specific costs except when we, whenever we look at the total cost of care for any major disease areas, um, the, the, the cost of patients um, visiting doctors for the checkup, for the uh, for the next set of tests and so on is always um, a very significant part of that cost, and, and I think there's, um, you know, a, a good part of that uh, which can be avoided if uh, if this all comes together in the right way. Well, another harbinger of change you discuss is the innovation we've seen in, in hepatitis C therapy with the advent of Sovaldi and other new drugs approaching the market that provide cures. These breakthrough drugs, though because of their high cost and big markets are highlighting tensions between the long-term benefits they provide and the realities payers face with their annual budgets. It's easy to imagine not only gene therapy or stem cell treatments leading to new cures, but breakthroughs in treatments of diseases such as Alzheimer's or diabetes leading to great debates about how to value and pay for these therapies. How have the 
the new hepatitis C drugs reshape that discussion? Well, they're certainly bringing a, a great deal of attention um, to this issue of um, how do you pay for a cure, um, essentially. And this is a debate not only in the U.S., but, but around the world as these drugs uh, become available. I think it shines a, a bright light on the um, the way in which drug budgets are set, uh, the extent to which there is siloed thinking about uh, the cost of medicines relative to uh, the costs of other uh, uh, services within within a, 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 a within the healthcare industry, um, and and perhaps speaks to the need for there to be a different way to finance uh, cures, um, as opposed to the way that we finance uh, chronic diseases. So one can imagine that just as in the uh, you know when, when one buys a house. Uh, typically, uh, cash is not paid up front, uh, but it's uh, paid off over a 30-year period. Uh, maybe some type of approach like that uh, needs to be established for these cures that bring immediate benefit, uh, but also bring an immediate cost uh, that is otherwise difficult for um, a health system to absorb all at once. Um, I, I think the broader issue here is we still have uh, payers and, and, and the health system more broadly uh, thinking in silos about cost components rather than thinking about the total cost of of uh, hepatitis C as a disease or the total cost of diabetes or the total cost of uh, hyperlipidemia. Um, and a, a more holistic sort of horizontal view of the total cost uh, we think is uh, is useful to help make judgments about where to spend more and where to spend less, uh, particularly as some of these uh, innovative treatments and indeed cures uh, come out of the R&D pipeline. I take that problem is perhaps more exacerbated in, in a system like the U.S. where there's not a single payer. How, how much of an issue is, is just the reality that even though there's an argument to be made for having a, a long-term holistic view on healthcare, there's the reality of the annual budget and the fact that my patient today may not be my responsibility three or five years out. Right. So th this remains a um, an issue, um, certainly in the U.S. healthcare system. I'm not sure we're going to see any significant direct change um, to that. In the certainly not in the near term. So you know, I think this will um, this will this will remain a a, a pressure point, um, and certainly the uh, the Hep C cluster of innovation that's coming along is, um, is is putting a lot more pressure in the system there. Well, the last issue I want to touch on from the report is the use of data and the move towards data transparency. We've seen some interesting developments along these lines, ranging from Europe's push to make clinical trials data available to the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services release of payment data for procedures and services. What have we seen so far about the availability of this data to actually change healthcare? Well, I think we we still see more potential than um, real impact uh, to date. I think we're still at the early stages of knowing what to do uh, when these large data sets become available. Um, I think earlier this year when we saw the Part B uh, data released um, by CMS that um, no one really knew what to do with it. 
Um, and and I think you know this is a process we'll we'll work through um, to be able to uh, generate the insights uh, and the understanding of how healthcare is actually practiced, um, and to use that. Uh, uh, information to make more informed decisions about uh, where there can be efficiencies uh, in in uh, treating patients and and where the um, effectiveness um, of various uh, treatment options can um, can be identified and uh, and reinforced. So, you know, our view is that uh, increased availability of data um, is a good thing. Um, granular data is a very powerful. Um, there are effective ways to encrypt data so that patient privacy is not compromised while at the same time providing granular information to um, analyze and to combine with other uh, data sources. So I think we're still in the early stages of seeing how this will uh, play out, but I can well imagine within the next um, you know, three years or so that we'll see uh, new kinds of uh, findings in terms of uh, looking at the effectiveness of different uh, treatment approaches, looking at new ways to find efficiencies in the healthcare system, um, as well as to identify, you know, potentially new kinds of um, therapies um, and and treatment options uh, to uh, to address unmet needs. Um, but there's more work to be done. The, the, the good news is the progress that's being made in terms of making more data availability is is uh, is occurring. Uh, and again, not just in the US, but in, in Europe, in, in South Korea, for example, as well, as we noted in our report. Um, so we are excited about the uh, opportunity that this will, uh, will bring. Well, we appear to be on the cusp of unleashing data that is right now siloed and capture new streams of data that are all around us. Where do you see the biggest payoff from this? Is it going to be improved public health, greater efficiency, faster, cheaper development of drugs? I think the um, I, I think we'll see a big payoff in terms of efficiency. I think we we all know that there are significant inefficiencies in the way in which uh, healthcare is delivered. Uh, today, uh, we issued a report um, earlier uh, last year on avoidable costs in the U.S. healthcare system that are directly linked to the way in which drugs are used um, uh, inefficiently, shall we say. Um, and the numbers are always big. Um, so we know the opportunity is there. It's just always difficult to put your finger on exactly where is it happening and what can you do about it. I think the this availability of information occurring at the same time that we're seeing uh, significant changes in the way in which healthcare is delivered, the, the, the consolidation of providers, um, the relationship between uh, providers and payers, the shift from fee-for-service to um, outcomes or performance-based measures. I think all of this comes together at the same time to enable us to wring out those um, inefficiencies, whether they be in um, uh, inefficiencies caused by uh, patients not being diagnosed in a, in a timely way or not being treated in a timely way, or inefficiencies in the, in the uh, 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 diagnostic tools that are used, uh, the medicines that are used, 
um, the frequency with which uh, they have to visit their uh, doctor, um, or indeed in the in the post uh, uh, discharge, um, uh, you know, when, when patients are discharged from hospitals and and returned to community care. These are all areas we know that there are significant inefficiencies, and I think the uh, again the availability of the data combined with uh, the, the shift to a more acute focus on performance and outcomes will enable those um, efficiencies to be um, uh, uh, ringed, rung out of the uh, system. I, I mentioned the report was rather optimistic, but in order for these changes to bring about their expected benefits, what are some of the challenges? For instance, I think of big challenges to capitalizing on the availability of data ranging from interoperability to privacy concerns. There are also many competing economic interests at play in healthcare with shifts in power between payer and provider, patients and, and drug makers. How big are the obstacles to getting better care at lower prices as a result of the harbingers of change you highlight? Well, we think that those barriers are being lowered uh, partly through the scientific and technological advances that we talk about in the report, but they're also being lowered as the realization that we spend a lot of money uh, on healthcare um, uh, becomes ever more acute, and the um, uh, and the urgency to address that spending to ensure we have a rational. Uh, healthcare system and that we're spending the money we're spending in a rational way, I think helps to bring those barriers down even lower. And and part of that underpins our optimistic view that uh, change is happening. Um, it's facilitated by technology, by the science, by the information, and so on. It's also facilitated by the growing awareness that we can do things in a more efficient way and also deliver uh, better outcomes at the same time. So hence our optimism that this will come together um, and lead us to a, a brighter future and one where we would also say the role of medicines um, becomes more significant um, both in, in prevention as well as treatment of disease. Well, one of the things you do highlight is the changing role of medicines as a result of these other forces. How do you see the role of drugs changing as healthcare changes? Well, clearly we have a lot going on in R and D that is uh, coming into the uh, into the marketplace and becoming available to uh, to patients. Whether that be the, the cluster of innovation around hepatitis C, the malaria um, vaccine that's uh, coming through the pipeline, or all of the oncology um, uh, advances that are also. Um, uh, coming through R&D. So there's um, a, a growing role for medicines simply based on the fact that we've got more breakthrough medicines that can address uh, unmet needs. In addition, I think the other uh, harbingers we talk about with respect to uh, the, the patient-related technologies um, and the use of data will put more focus on timely treatment of patients and appropriate use of medicines and uh, addressing the, uh, the, the the long time issue of uh, patient adherence. If you add those together, then I think we can see a growing role for medicines in a more efficient healthcare system. So I think a 
again, from both of those angles, we see a, a positive outlook for the role that medicines play um, and the markets for those medicines uh, going forward. Murray Aitken, Executive Director of the IMS Institute for Healthcare Informatics. Murray, thanks as always. Thanks, it's a pleasure. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.